0: This is John Gunter. I'm the preaching minister at the Eagle Community Church of Christ here in Mont Bellevue, Texas. We'd like to thank you for coming and listening to our podcast. This week we talk about Haggai chapter 2. I want to encourage you, if you haven't listened to last week's episode on Haggai 1, go do that. If you're uh, like me, just not too long ago, unfortunately, you know when I heard the, the word Haggai, I thought, man, how could that be relevant? Well, it is. It's like holding a mirror up to us. And so... I just want to encourage you to listen to both episodes, and I just pray you're blessed. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Eye infection, which I think some others did as well, which is a lot of fun, uh, and of course the you know the routine of having both boys home every day has been fun. <laughs> so enjoying that uh, summer has started out uh, very good, but I uh, hope yours has as well. Uh, we, uh, we talked last week, we started in the book of Haggai. And uh, if you're like me, you know, just not that long ago, seems like, uh, you hear, you know, the preacher's gonna preach on Haggai, and you think, what in the world is that? And then uh, hopefully you saw last week that what that is is very relevant to us today, is it not? So what we, just as a, a refresher, uh, in Haggai 1, in the first chapter there, uh, we're dealing with the Israelites who have been in captivity back, remember Jeremiah 29, 11, that verse we love, where God says, I have plans to bless you and prosper you and all these things that we hang on our wall, of course, uh, neglecting the one before it, where it's going to be 70 years. But anyway, we this is the end. This is the blessing that they're getting. They are able to come back home uh, and be uh, back in their homeland. Can you imagine all the feelings that came rushing back to some of those who remembered that area? Uh, you ever go into a place and, like, the feelings come back? Like, for me, going to my, uh, uh, my granny's house, my mom's mother, uh, she lived in Tennessee, and we called her, conveniently, Tennessee Granny. Um, yeah, original, I know. Uh, but when I would walk into my granny's house, the smell brought back everything. Anybody else like that? You can walk in it, but that sense of smell is so strong, and you're like, oh, yeah, there's a time and a place uh, and some things associated with that. And so you can imagine being gone from a place uh, that long, and you walk back into it, and all the feelings come rushing back in. You know, they've been gone so long that, that a bunch of the younger people and probably even older people at that point hadn't been there. And so they've heard the stories about what their homeland was like, and all of a sudden, here it is, getting to experience it. That's kind of what I saw uh, when I went to Israel back in 2017. Uh, I had been told that when you go there, it kind of brings color and life to the Bible, and that was absolutely right. So all these these things I had read about, you know, here uh, we're reading from, oh, and here's where it is, which was just amazing. And, And so you can kind of be rushed back into that and it brings back feelings uh, and all of these uh, emotions and things. But the problem is is that they kind of got swept up in that feeling, right? They were so happy to receive God's blessing and to be back in their homeland, uh, to be back among their people in that place that they were only focused on themselves. as we read last week, uh, God's asking them, why are you so focused on your nice houses? while my house lies in ruin. And then we say, ouch, because sometimes I can be like that. I'm so focused on me and mine and what I want to pursue that I haven't stopped to ask, uh, where's my relationship with God? Am I doing the things God would have me do? And because we don't ask that question, we kind of veer off the path without even knowing it, right? We look up and realize we're somewhere over here. And so Haggai says some uh, very memorable things. My, the thing I keep with me, you remember last week when we talked about, Haggai said, you know, you, you plant a lot, but you harvest very little. He said, you get money, but you put it in like a purse that's full of holes. You remember that? Anybody else feel like that? I do. Because we're, we're so focused on, hey, what can I get that all of a sudden it's gone, that's a bad feeling. anybody ever lost something out of a pocket, like legitimately? Oh my goodness! Like didn't spend too much and just didn't notice it. So when I went to see my sister uh, a couple of weeks ago, meet my niece, uh, we still hadn't exchanged Christmas gifts. Anybody else in that that state like I am? Our our family's so laid back about uh, holidays that it's just we'll get to it when we get to it. But uh, uh, but we got there and. Uh, me and, and Katie and uh, my sister and, and my brother in law exchanged Amazon gift cards. Anybody else do that? <laughs> like uh, the different, different, uh, different color, but that was it, you know. So we're exchanging we're exchanging money that way. And so my sister, I guess knowing me, uh, she printed out the activation code on a neon pink sheet of paper, and I'm like, okay, that, that's fine. But between Corpus Christi and Mont Bellevue, John apparently took out his keys out of his pocket or something, and that thing is gone. And so I thought immediately, oh, no. And so the next morning, the first thing I did was text her and say, hey, uh, you got that activation code? And so I, I got it, and, and I was I was sure that somebody had already spent that money. But luckily I got it, and then spend a little extra. You know, you know how that is. You got to round it up, and then once you get there, you got something else you got to get too. But I know the feeling of losing something out of my pocket. I thought it was in there, and it's gone, and Haggai says, notice the things." He said, be careful. Look at your ways. Look what's going on. You know, you're living this way, so focused on yourself, not understanding what God has called you to do, and again, we hold up the mirror and the Bible together and say, all right, well, where am I in this, and so he continues that thought today uh, in the second chapter, and I would encourage you to go read this. It's only two chapters. I'm covering all but just a little section at the end of this. So, in the last two weeks, you will have read uh, Haggai. So, uh, beginning there in verse one, in the, sec- in the second year of King Darius, on the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, to Joshua, son of Jozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people. Ask them, Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look now? does it not seem to you like nothing? So what uh, God is doing here is he is kind of reaching back into uh, these people's nostalgia. Anybody have anything you're nostalgic about, like it brings back some stuff? Like for me, it's music. Like you get some some, some 90s, uh, I'm not gonna go any further than that because y'all don't need to know. But there, there's some music, and I mentioned my my grandmother's house. You know, that, that takes me back to a place. Somebody, somebody's got something that you know. Anything take you back? Y'all just not nostalgic people. Cheap gas. Cheap gas. <laughs> he drives by a place with a with a with a one dollar in front of it, and he thinks, "Yeah, that's it." Takes me back. You know, I don't. I think. I think when I was young, I saw it at like around a dollar or 98 cents. Yeah, that would take me back. I I can remember where I was when I saw that. Anything else? How many of you uh, related when I talked about my grandmother's house? Like you go to a place. And that's what he's asking them to experience right here. Who among you remembers what it looked like? And what does it look like now? Does it not seem to you like nothing. And so I think our application of this as God is challenging these people is for us to look around at our situation. How many of you have lived through a time that you'd love to experience again in church? Like there's people that were alive that that maybe not here anymore, or maybe a lot of you were at Lakewood. Maybe Lakewood was a lot more people, and you're experiencing a lot more things. Yeah, we, we have those things in our life, right? Uh, for me, uh, I loved uh, my, our time in Texarkana. We had a, a really good young families group. I didn't ever think I'd be in Texarkana. Uh, we lived about an hour away, and I thought Katie would drive every day. And I think I've told this story before, but the first day that she went to work, out of college, she called me, and then she called me 10 minutes later. I thought, boy, she must be nervous, I need to talk to her husband, I'll be there for her. <laughs> but what had happened was she hit some freezing fog above the Red River going into Texarkana about eight miles out. And her little Mustang had kind of ping pong back and forth against the guardrails in total. So Katie wasn't going to drive an hour every day. We moved to Texarkana. And God certainly blessed us there because what we found there was a young family group that was really engaged. When I, when I went to Bible class, It was people, you know, a couple years older than me teaching class. And I thought, all right, maybe I should be doing this. You know, I kind of felt like, okay, these people are are serious about it. They're getting up. They're teaching each other. You know, they're encouraging one another. Uh, And and I didn't see anybody get uh, get beat down while they were talking. You know, sometimes if you don't like public speaking, you think if you stand up here, somebody's going to throw something. I don't know. But you see from that where I am today. I used to be scared of standing in front of people. But I thought, man, I, I think I can do this. And so we challenged one another. And, and so I think very fondly about that time where we were we were getting into the Word. We were very serious, we had Bible studies together. We'd go feed the homeless together, do all of these things, I have a beautiful picture. First time we went to feed the homeless, uh, one guy came up and he needed a belt. And my buddy's like, I got one. And he just takes his off and gives it to him. And I, somebody caught a picture of that as he's giving him the belt. It wasn't a, hey, look at me thing. It's just a beautiful uh, picture of, hey, I don't need it, and I know you do. And so I look very fondly on that, and, and probably as I'm talking about these things, uh, some scenario to you is coming up, a, a different time, maybe a different event. I love singing together, so singings were a big thing for us. Every sun, every third Sunday, we would have a guy come over uh, and, and just lead singing. We'd go through the book, and he wouldn't even know. He was so good, you know, he could sight-read stuff. Uh, Brooke, you'd probably do that very easily, but He could, you know, I don't know that, but I'll sing it. And then, okay, let's go. And none of us knew it. But I just think back to those times, and what a wonderful time uh, that I had during that. And so I think that's what God is calling these people to. He said, those of you who are still, uh, can remember this place in its former glory, how does it look to you now? And so we ought to look around and say, okay, things are different, are they not? things are different right now than they were 30 40 years ago. Well, we could probably go to 20, right? 15. They are different. So, the question is, what are you going to do about it? If you're going to look at it and you're going to assess the situation, what are you going to do about it? He says he says this, he says in verse 4, he says, "But now be what? Be strong. Zerubbabel declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of josadak the high priest. Be strong, all of you people of the land, declares the Lord and do something about it. What God tells these people here is look around and see. You know, you're missing this because you're kind of sad at the state it's in, but he doesn't say just stay in that state and be upset about it and sit around and moan and think, oh, I wish for those days. He said, be strong and work. Because I think a lot of times what our church, um, our world and our church can be completely happy sitting in front of a screen, complaining about the way things are and have no desire to change. them. We can be absolutely fine with all the things going wrong and have no work ethic and no hope that we can get it back or that we could change things. But look at what he says right after that. So he says, be strong, all of you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. And he says, for I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. Because of the way our our culture has gone, some of you throughout the week may feel like you're kind of on an island by yourself. That I go out into the world and I'm just trying to hold it together because there are a lot of things kind of coming at me. And, And so what God is saying here is, yeah, you be strong and work, and I'm going to walk with you every step of the way. And some of you need that reminder today that when you're feeling down and out and all alone, that you are not, that God is with you. And I pray that each of you has friends within this uh, in a body of believers uh, that can come and encourage you as well. But you have to take that strength, you have to take that effort and put it in to fixing the things that you see that are wrong. How good is it for us to just sit back and say, oh, I don't like that, I wish it was like that, and never do a thing about it? Where's that going to get us? Be strong and work. Uh, Some of you have done a great job of leading your families to Jesus. Some of you need encouragement to do, do that more so. Because if we sit back and complain about how things are going poorly and we never make any effort to change, what are our kids going to be doing? What are their kids going to be doing? Well, they have heard of church. Because the time you put in with your kids and grandkids and those people in your family, uh, that is very precious time to teach them about God's word. I promise you, Jordan would uh, agree to this, but uh, he would tell you that it doesn't matter how good of a youth minister he is, he, we may have the best youth minister on planet Earth. And if all the kids experience throughout the week is something completely against what Jordan teaches them, he's still fighting an uphill battle. Because how many hours a week do we get biblical teaching? How many hours a week are are your kids and grandkids and those people in your family actively engaged in being with one another to encourage one another to help each other along the way? And if we as adults are not willing and able to do the same, why in the world would we think they would? So be strong. The Lord goes with us in everything we do. Uh, Bring those kids to church, it is not all about this, but we're going to do the best best job we can to teach them and bring them to Jesus. I have mentioned a couple of times that I do not care how loud your kids are. I will speak louder. When I first got to Mineral Springs, we uh, uh, we sat, and I guess Katie sat towards the back, probably about where you know, if the back was about where Evan's sitting, you know, just a few rows from the back. Uh, I was sitting somewhere else. I would help different things during the service. Well, we went over there, and this was probably probably in 17 or so, so the kids were, I don't know, real young. And so I go back to Katie after the service, and it looked like somebody had uh, stuck a piece of dynamite in a bunch of goldfish, and it just blew up everywhere. Some of you don't have young kids, so you're like, well, goldfish, hold on. They got real gruesome real quick. No just crackers. That's how it is. And it looked like it just blown up everywhere, almost like Cheeto dust, just sprinkled everywhere. And what I did, I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to use this. And so I took a picture of it. I need to, I need to bring it and put it up here. Uh, but I put it on Facebook. I said, listen, I am one of the, the ministers of this church, and this is what my kids do. Bring yours. They're fine. <laughs> we own a, a broom. We own a vacuum. We can handle it. Can we not, church? Sometimes we are so focused on little things and I don't want the noise or they're too messy or whatever and then we complain while the church is kind of drifting from God. We complain about this little thing and that little thing while we're walking just straight away from God we don't even know it. And God says, be strong. I'm gonna go with you and you take God wherever you go. He says, this is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. That's what he's, he's promising these people And my spirit remains among you. Some of you need to hear that this morning. My spirit remains among you. You do not go out into this world all by yourself, even though it may feel like it at times. You need to remember that God is with you. And he says, my spirit is among you. Do not fear is how he ends that. He says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and what is desired by all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. So what I want to encourage you as we read those words right now, as I've asked you to think back into a, a time in church that you maybe you think about often. Man, I wish it was like this. And what I want to tell you this morning is that if you do what God says to be strong, to understand he's with you, to put in the work, that God will bless it in a way that you will live to a point where you're going to wish for these times. But if all we do is sit back and we think about the old times, these times are going to leave us. Do you guys think that if we put our heads together and we work together in this community, we can create some absolutely amazing memories right here in this place? Do you think that? So it's not enough to think that, is it? It's not enough for us to just agree that that's, hey, that's a great thing. But we have to, again, be strong and work. And God will bless it. He says, all of these things are mine. The gold's mine, the silver's mine, I am going to handle this if you will follow me. Now, one thing we can do is we can read this, uh, this account, and uh, you can see uh, through the first chapter of Haggai and what God says here, uh, what we may read and, and think is, well, what God is saying is kind of this health and wealth. If I am faithful, God will bless me. And, of course, if we only focus on a couple of scriptures, we may think that, but if we look at the whole of scripture, What we see is that God blesses and doesn't bless people based on nothing at times. You think about Job, a righteous man, right? He went through some terrible things. And this time here, God says, you need to turn back to me. I have actually, in Haggai 1, he says, remember, you you planted a lot, you harvested a little, and that was me trying to get your attention. We know other scriptures in the Bible like the rain will fall on the just and the unjust. So so both get that blessing. And so our task is discernment. When is it that the world is just going on as it goes on, and when is it that God's trying to get our attention and bring us back? But I'll tell you this, if you're not asking yourself that question, if you're not looking in the mirror kind of trying to make that assessment, you're never going to understand when God is trying to get your attention because your head is so down and focused and trying to pursue whatever it is that life is trying to offer you that you're not listening to God. You're not asking him, what can I do? What needs to be done? And he says, be strong and work. He says, and in this place, I will grant peace. Some of you need peace right now, don't you? Think about these people coming back from being in captivity. You know, last week, Because Jordan wasn't here, I offered up, you know, that we were all sent to Oklahoma. Uh, He was here first service, so it got a little awkward. But can you imagine the peace that you would just feel going back home? Because some of you have been away and come back home before to feel that peace. That's what God says here. Verse 10, he says, On the 24th day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Ask the priest what the law says. If someone carries consecrated meat in the fold of their garment and that fold touches some bread or stew or some wine, olive oil, or other food, does it become consecrated? The priest answered, no. So what God is saying here is you don't become holy by osmosis. Otherwise, we'd have a fight every Sunday morning uh, the most holy of us, wherever we thought that person was, and we just have a big circle around them, right? It'd be awkward. But he says you don't become holy by osmosis. Just showing up and sitting in a chair does not make you consecrated or holy to the Lord. You understand that? That may be very difficult for us to hear, but in in what God is trying to impress upon them, that's what he's saying. You don't become holy by osmosis. He says. Then Haggai said, if a person defiled by contact with a dead body touches one of these things, does it become defiled? Yes, the priest replied, it becomes defiled. So when I hang around uh, these people who are doing bad things or I'm doing bad things myself, then the things I do are then defiled because I am a defiled person. You understand that? That's what, what God is saying here. If you want to follow him, you follow him. You don't get that by osmosis, and what you do is if you're walking away from God, if you yourself are defiled, then everything you do is defiled because you are not consecrated to the Lord, and that's very difficult for us to think about because our thought is that, you know, God just wants us all back uh, no matter what, and he does, but then we don't take any uh, action. We don't work hard. We don't think about our relationship with God. We don't try to draw closer to him. And that's not what he's asked. He's asked us to return. Otherwise, everything we do is defiled. Verse 14, then Haggai said, so it is with this people and this nation in my sight, declares the Lord. Whatever they do and whatever they offer there is defiled because they were a defiled people. They had intentionally walked away from God. Now give careful thought to this from this day on. Consider how things were before one stone was laid on another in the Lord's temple. When anyone came to a heap of 20 measures, there were only 10. When anyone went to a wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were only 20. I struck all the work of your hands with blight, mildew, and hail, yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. Some of you need to look at your life. You need to look yourself in the mirror right now and say, is God trying to get my attention? Because I would would, uh, have no doubts that there is somebody sitting here right now that feels this. That you know God is trying to get your attention to return to him. Because you know in your spirit, because the spirit of God is with you, you know in your spirit that you have walked away from him, that you have drifted apart from him. That there is something between you and God. So what are you going to do about it? God is saying to the people, look at all the ways I've tried to shake you and wake you up and tell you, come back to me. And you didn't return to me. So what's going on in your life? Is God having to shake you? Is something going on that you think, I need to return to him? Because God wants you back. He's not going to make you, but he's going to try to wake you up. And that's what he says uh, to the people here. He says, from this day on, from this 24th day of the ninth month, give careful thought to the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Give careful thought. Is there yet any seed left in the barn? Until now, the vine and the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive tree have not borne fruit. From this day on, I will bless you. Why? Because they return to God. Remember at the end of Haggai 1, they said, We will rebuild the Lord's house. Now, again, if you're only reading that part of it and you just focus on one sentence, you think, oh, I have faith. God blesses me. No, God blesses us in so many ways. Uh, Many times, what we want from God is the new car, new house, right? Lord, show me how much you love me by increasing my bank account, right? She, She got it. I want more money. I want more stuff. God will bless you in so many ways just by following him. That doesn't mean you're going to uh, live and everything's going to go perfectly because you're following him. Anyone live long enough to know just because I'm following God doesn't mean everything's going to go right. He doesn't promise that, does he? But he does promise to be by your side the whole time. He says be strong and work. You do something about it. You try to put in some effort. You try to draw closer to him and see what he does with your life. But often, we're just okay sitting back, complaining, wondering why in the world I haven't grown closer to God while not lifting a finger or even standing up to walk towards him. So this morning, I just want to ask you that question. How is your relationship with God? What is it that needs to be done to strongly encourage you come back to him why have you walked away what is it in your life that has caused you this uh, this draw towards something out here in life to uh, bring you away from him what is it that needs to be removed what is it that you need to rethink how much time I'm spending doing XYZ come back to God because he does want you back and I want to encourage you I want to encourage this church that as we come together as we draw closer to God, He's gonna bless this place. And I fully expect that years from now, we will look back on this time, with such fond memories, with ways in which we came together, and we worked for the Lord and we did things uh, here in this community and God blessed them. And so when we have this sermon in 10 years, we're thinking about 2022 and the way we said yes to God. So say yes to him this morning.